hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 250. My name's Trevor Long from EFTM. And joining me for the last 250 episodes of complete and utter dribble talking tech Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au G'day Trevor it's well technically it's 249 episodes I've joined you this is the 250th well, time technically it's actually been many more than that because yeah, we don't has, yeah, we don't true. we don't actually count the Absolutely, CES uh, yeah, sub yeah. episodes so what, what is it really then 267 um, like I, yeah I did count it's on it's on Wooshka but yeah no anyway um, we do it all thanks to the good people at netgear netgear.com.au we'll tell you about them shortly but Stephen we made a commitment earlier in the year to be to be together as, as often as possible for the podcast. But we also made a commitment... Not to that our, there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> we made a commitment last week that we would do something very special for our 250th episode. And I'm pleased to say that we are joined by an audience of three. Uh, round of applause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they, Mate, they're, they're all affiliated with the dark side. They're not going to reply. <laughs> we, are, we are joined by a stormtrooper, Darth Vader and Kylo Ren, who seriously... Like, he's a skinny bugger, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's got to beef up a bit. I've got to get him on the roids. We're in the yeah. Tech Guide uh, theatre here. And Stephen Wayne, what about this? I said, Stephen said, should we put the Force Awakens on? I said, yeah, whack it on. We'll just have it on in the background. But he said, it'd be too loud. I said, turn the volume down. He, mate, it's all or nothing. You can't. What? He won't even put the vision of the movie on in front of me because you have to take it in. You just, ne- you wouldn't do it. And of course, of course, because we have, we have the force with us, um, because we're talking about Star Wars, there will be a Star Wars segment in this 250. We should look back on the 50th, 100th and 150th and check whether you didn't subtly, this isn't some sort of Easter egg where you got a Star Wars reference into every single milestone episode. I don't think I have. Uh, if, it, if it is, it would have been a coincidence. But um, Of course, we should uh, thank the overwhelming number of people who offered to host us. Yeah. Hang on, I'll, I'll just run, Hang on. I'll just run through their on names now. one by one. Okay. <laughs> that was it. We well, my my suggestion was that we we go to Fox Studios, Fox, where we should have well, remind, we should well, have gone there. We're just I know. The well, corner. what's the difference? It's you know, it's 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 radio, <laughs> not on, TV. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, just hang on, just bear with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech episode two hundred and fifty live from Moore Park Fox Sports Fox Studios, whatever it's called, where we first decided to commence the podcast. Actually, Stephen, it's a bit cold. Let's go to your place. Yep. <laughs> <Here we are. laughs> Well, no one had no. The background. Well, the background of that was that that was where we had the conversation that we'd. That's where you been, proposed. Yeah, I got down on one knee <laughs> and I said, "Look, you and I, we should do this for for good." Um, but we'd been there recording with James Manning and and Brendan Wood from uh, Media Week. Yep, the man who Jane, Brendan Wood, the man who spends one hundred and eighty dollars a month on his yeah, mobile phone. Me, yeah, I know. Yeah, the Sol Trujillo just built a holiday house with <laughs> yeah. his uh, with his his money. But no, we were we'd we'd all we'd always been brought together by James and Media Week, and we thought, you know what, we got talking while we were waiting outside for another f- to start the podcast, yeah. and we thought, what why don't we do this ourselves? We could do this ourselves. Because what and, was uh, it? Five years in was it five years February, in February? February, um, February twenty two. Yeah. I know. Um, the but we should, and it's interesting for background for people that have only just joined us, not for the whole two hundred and fifty episodes. I mean, we didn't really have much to do with each other before then, no, really. No. Um, it was actually, it was. And we, we did credit James Manning when we did a podcast with him last week. Um, it, it was just him going, he just happened to know us both and know that we both did tech. And he thought he does all these podcasts, different themes, you know, TV, movies, different whatever about media. And he, he wanted to have a tech theme and he just asked us both to come and do a podcast. Yeah. And we we did probably five, six, seven of them over a period of maybe yeah. six months well, or so. It was the, the period that, well, when I started doing the Media Week podcast, I was still working for News Limited for the Daily Telly. Yeah. I was the tech writer, of the, the national tech writer for the Telly. And um, so, and you were, you were, you were at SBS then, I was you? at SBS, but I was at either 2GB or 2UE doing the radio stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we, 
Yeah, so it, it was an interesting time because I'd, I left uh, news just just after we'd started doing the podcast, the, the Media Week podcast, mm. and then as as I launched Tech Guide, I think a month later we started doing the podcast together. And the rest, as they say, the is history. Hey, this this yeah. podcast has supported your new career. That's right. Absolutely, it has. Yeah. So, well, so my, it's just very same. careful not to give me any credit there. That's no, good. No, well, it's, like the same, it's my same career, just doing it for myself instead I of for another yes, company. Yeah. So, yes, true. And it has, I've got to say, your tech career has blossomed since the two blokes talking tech started. So you you're a household name nowadays. You know the Today Show. You can't turn on a TV or a radio without seeing Trevor Long talking about technology. There's the no moment. doubt that, I, that, that my tech there, my busy. tech profile has blossomed during the course of the yeah. Two Blokes Talking Tech no, podcast. I credit it to you, sort of a bit of an afterglow effect of joining <laughs> the Two Blokes. <laughs> it's all a result of the for me too, mate. We, this has been a good like we mate, both. I've already got a manager. Visual. I'm giving twenty percent to on other <laughs> stuff. I can't afford to give you anything. Good for you. Yeah, well, we've both we've we do our individual podcasts, and we've got an audience with them. But I think it's fair to say that this is the podcast that more people listen to, the one we do together. It might be fair to say. I'm not sure it's accurate. No, I'm only joking. No, but and and the great thing about that is that, and I think social media has been a, been a great uh, win for us in that sense in in the growth of of Twitter and Co. Because we have been able to create that really fun direct engagement. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I think on the fifth anniversary or something where we, we try and as best possible have that conversation with people because it's a very one-way medium uh, I mean even though even it's like your tech life it's it's a it was originally a radio show that was a talkback show then as a podcast you can't actually have a two-way you know interaction but I, I created a way of doing talkback in a show but it's still not real it's not live mm-hmm. we do radio people ring directly yeah. it's awesome for us to get tweets from people saying that was funny we heard that thing and did that thing because it creates that two-way medium that we're we're so used to with with radio um so social media has been awesome and that's why we we love hearing from people on the uh now um now classic ziggy zaggy hashtag i think i was abused not abused but uh, indirectly abused by someone for not including the ziggy zaggy hashtag it might have been rob really? rigby really? in the in the most recent poll go easy rob yeah it was like turn it go up easy, mate rob. i couldn't fit it in the character limit we should also mention that there have been we've got a lot of listeners who've been been with us from episode one absolutely so you know, we've, we've, we're way ahead of Star Wars. They're only episode seven. We're already episode 250, so... And this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a poster done exactly. of me and you. Yeah. <laughs> Would I be the light side? Is it, is it light and dark? Is that You'd how it's called? I'd, have to, I'd definitely have an affiliation with the dark side, mate. Well, look, look around, mate. Look yeah, around. Affiliation. Just You've got to either yeah. be there or not, don't you? Yeah, I, I suppose so. But that's the thing, though. The characters in these movies, to get really deep and meaningful here, the characters in these movies, like Kylo Ren in the latest movie, he's, he's to the audience, he's the villain. But what he feels he's doing is the right thing. So to himself, he's not a villain. You know what I mean? The best so- part of my the best part of my my whole week, apart from getting Stephen off talking about Star Wars, was <laughs> at the end of the Media Week podcast last week as we were leaving. Um, Stephen was talking to Dan Barrett about um, something to do with bloody Star Wars. Um, oh, coming out on coming out on iTunes and then coming out on Blu-ray, and he's and you downloaded it midnight. Dan said, "Is it any different?" And I just immediately chimed in and said, "Yeah, they made Han Solo shoot first. And you turned at me and went. Whoa! Hang on a minute. That wasn't bad. That was good for you. Absolutely. That's a that's a hardcore Star Wars uh, knowledge of that. It means you know a bit about it. So. Well, I've had 250 yeah, like episodes worth of Formula One as an expert. That's how it would be like for you. Yeah. Well, after 250 episodes, I've got the basic principles of the light and the dark side down you pat. You have seen the new movie, haven't you? On I saw it. I've seen I've seen four episodes. All of them on Planet Pains. What ha- and that's terrific on a little seven-inch screen. You've done it justice, haven't well, you? Mate, you wouldn't. Put, I got three thousand inches here, and you wouldn't put it on the bloody screen for me. No, I'll do it if you like, whenever no, you want, mate. No, whenever you want. Any excuse for me to watch Star Wars? Hang on, let me just no, grab no, it now for you. No, but you know, I'm pretty sure the rules would be. I'd have to hear it at full volume. I'd have to put up with the whole bloody movie. No, it's all good. Yeah. Hmm. If anyway, wanna, if you want to take the time, I'm more than happy to screen it for you screen in the Tech Guide Theatre. <laughs> Uh, we do thank everyone for their support. We thank you for engaging with us on the old socials. We thank you for hitting the subscribe button so that uh, you get it in your in your phone each and every week. And uh, we, of course, thank you for leaving ratings on iTunes. Those things are very cool as well. So thank you very much for your loyalty and for listening. Thank you for Netgear for being with us for a, a long period along the way, if not of the whole thing. I can't quite remember, but it's been very loyal support. And they've given us that across lots of our properties. But um it is time to uh, actually get cracking and talk about some technology for this week.
Hey mate, I thought we should talk about digital sports rights because we've had the Optus EPL thing, that was last year, but then in the last week or so they've announced how they're going to deliver that. But then last night I'm sitting there and I'm starting to see these rumours about the NFL granting Twitter yeah. streaming rights. And then within an hour, like I started writing a story and then within the time I was writing the story, they confirmed it. So the NFL, like a $25 billion a year rights we're talking about, they have across TV in America. They've granted Twitter the rights to stream Thursday night NFL games, games. Yep. on the on the on the old worldwide interwebs via Twitter. Yeah. Now we don't know what that means really yet. Does it mean you've got to be a subscriber? I'm tipping yes. Can you do it in the app or on their website? You, Who can knows? Can you do it outside the US? Is another question. Can you can you can you stream it in Australia? Yeah, because um, the NFL uh, charges like 150 bucks for their Game Pass yeah. on the app, and and that's, that's that's to get every game though. No, that's to get just your team. You pick a team. I picked just San so Francisco then, so last that means year. You can't watch it in Australia then on Twitter or not. Uh, I, look, I don't know. We'll yeah. have to wait and see. Because I, I can't, tried, I've, tried, I've tried to find out that answer. And I can't find it. We, I think this is one of those ones where they they would know, but they're yeah. they're going to wait until they actually launch it. I think it would be madness if it was uh, US only because it kind of defeats the purpose of Twitter being yeah. a global well, concept. Do they want to build? They want to build users. They want to build their audience. Surely the and NFL wants to build their profile globally. But, but from what I've read and what I've seen about it, the the NFL actually, uh, the, I think they're talking. It was between ten to fifteen million US dollars they paid for it, and the, the NFL even came out and said it wasn't the highest bid. So I think the the fact that the NFL recognised what Twitter's trying to do, trying to have that live feel, have the stream, the Twitter stream running next to it. Uh, it was that to me was unusual. The other thing that was unusual was that, was that it went to a, a platform that's not traditionally serving up video, apart from your vines and Periscope. So it like it would have had competitors like Amazon, all these other properties that were ready to go for video could serve it up in in a probably a friendlier way. People are still wondering how are Twitter going to do this? Are they going to create another another tab? Or how's it going to work? Mm. So the thinking behind it, I think we'll we'll find this out hopefully sooner rather than later. That is why why it was it was agreed on. Uh, I think the NFL recognizes that there's a, there's an opportunity here to attract maybe new fans mm. to the game. So Twitter hardcore Twitter users and hardcore NFL fans don't usually I don't think that's kind of the same crowd of people yeah, yeah. so there's an opportunity Look, on both sides here before we talk about the broad implications on sport in general yeah. let's let's finish on Twitter by saying this Twitter is struggling Twitter has not they grown they haven't got user yeah. growth and from a stock market point of view that's what they're being judged yeah. on I don't believe that's right I think they should be judged on just their platform their advertising performance and whatnot mm-hmm. but the the stock market is looking for like Facebook continual user yeah. growth right so and, just, and not just, just number of that. registered users but yeah. monthly active but users. active users now just on that the, like the, the core group of Twitter users like yourself and myself and no uh, but the core group of users are not your typical uh, social media user like you, you you look at Snapchat you look at Instagram you look at Facebook Snapchat it, Trevor Long are you it's it's uh, yeah and, and Stephen Fennick I'm on that I'm too but yeah I am on there I just I, I look I, I don't, don't do anything I don't contribute anything but my, my, my point is though that Twitter Twitter doesn't I've seen it's your not Instagram. attractive it's not attractive to younger users like my my, my three children couldn't give a rat teenagers rats. they're like six, 16, 19, 21 my kids they wouldn't know Twitter back to front if it rang the front door well, right? They wouldn't know Twitter. They would never use it. Yet Instagram, they're all over it. Snapchat, they're all over it. Facebook has kind of died off for them. That's just an email address for them now. They just use that as email for their inbox. But here's what Twitter needs to do is try to capture that crowd, capture that audience. And that's what they haven't done. Mm. And that there's the challenge, whether it's the NFL can do that for them, whether it's... Uh, something else we don't know and so that then poses the question what the heck's going on and this what what tv executives around the world would be thinking right now is this a g up and some of them would be sitting there going oh don't worry about it. it's just digital rights some of them would be absolutely packing it because let's look at it now optus paid millions and millions of dollars for the english premier league which is a tiny tier sport for australian audiences but very critical one for its for its loyal fans it's very critical right but it's certainly not a million person audience thing right so they buy just the they don't just buy digital rights they buy every right broadcast online everything there is no one else allowed to broadcast the epl without going through optus 
Now, Optus's way of distributing that is now known. Um, they're, they're, they're creating a 24-7 channel on a Fetch TV box, so you can buy Fetch TV through Optus. Great, that's the best way to do it. If you're an Optus digital customer like mobile or whatever, you'll be able to stream it on your mobile or, or the web. So you, um, mean, so you mean to tell me, if you're an EPL fan and you got the Platinum Foxtel package, you nothing. cannot watch EPL. Not a You've single game. Buy, you've got to get a Fetch TV box through Optus. Absolutely. Wow. Foxtel have just announced That's that the they've, brought the, they've brought the B, is it called BN, um, which is like a football sports network. That used to be an extra sports package, not in the normal one. They've brought that into the normal sports package. So there's a bunch of, of football now available to mm. Fox Sports uh, subscribers, but not the EPL. So the, what Optus have done is gone, yep, fetch through us and then through your mobiles. But they have given SBS some rights because they know they have to make at least a game of the round available to the to the wider public. So they can they they can argue in the public, no, no, it is available for free on SBS, but if you want a lot of it, you've got to be an Optus customer. Soccer is a popular sport, mate. And you know what? Very Football, Stephen, the world game. Football, exactly right. But back, harking back to my days as the sports editor of The Telegraph, I would receive the most complaints from readers because we didn't have enough soccer in the paper, oh. football in the paper. Yep. That, and, that was, and it's the same talk to anyone in radio huge, who's worked yeah. in breakfast radio. If you don't mention the football score yeah. in the in the news, they ring you up. So we've now got a situation where this this and I say it with the greatest respect, this tiny little sport EPL for Australians is disrupted genuinely, massively. Mm. And we're, we've ju- we're just starting new NRL rights, not even until next year, right? The new rights period doesn't start until next year. The AFL, likewise, is in just starting a new rights period. So we are about three years away, four, four years away from a new rights period for the big sports in Australia. But those negotiations will commence basically in the next 18 months. Yeah. You know who's going to be at the table? Telstra, Google, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Absolutely. Optus, Absolutely. Vodafone, yeah. Channel 9, yeah. Channel 7. It's going to be... Huge, and the critical thing is, for you know, a decade now, Telstra have had the digital rights to the NRL, right? So Channel Nine buys the TV rights, Fox Sports buys the pay rights, and, and Telstra buys the digital rights. This year, Tel- Channel Nine bought everything because they knew they needed to be ahead of this game. That will they be able to compete with Facebook, Telstra, yeah, Optus bidding huge money well, for just digital rights talking, or talking for about, broadcast rights? Talking about like will, will stations compete? Like look at, them, look at what Facebook's got in the bank. What all these big Google? What they got in the bank? Looking, casting our eyes further forward, is it is it out of the realms of possibility that even a, a Netflix maybe pick up some sporting rights? Because that that's kind of the that's the missing link in in the Netflix offering. I know it's TV shows, movies, and things like that. But imagine if Netflix offered the live sport yeah. that you could then stream it live or then watch it. If, if you miss it, you can just watch it as Again, it goes. So we've just opened up another three seats like, at the table for Stan, Netflix, and yeah, Presto. So that, that's that's absolutely a possibility because there's no rule to say that. Oh no, they're only going to be concentrating on TV shows and movies and documentaries. There's there's nothing to stop them or another party coming in and being the the Netflix of sport, being absolute. Like you want to watch live sport? Here's a streaming service. Call it Sportflix. Yeah, That'll YouTube, be YouTube like. Red as a, as opposed Absolutely, to Red Tube. Yeah. YouTube Red is is an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> I know you visited that site, haven't you, mate? Rich, I, I was Googling the story when they launched YouTube Reb and I couldn't believe what I came across. There you go. But cool. anyway, a critic... give you a tip, don't Google White House. The White House. There's plenty of White Houses that are not the one you're thinking of. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I made the um, mistake of that as but my so child this... was researching an assignment for school. This is the thing, right? We are... An... And so what, what does all this mean? It means the sporting bodies are going to make more money, without question. Oh, yeah. But what does it mean well, for the consumer? Product. They've got a product. What yeah. does it mean for the consumer? Because here's the problem, and I was asked this today on 3AW, what does it mean for the consumer? It doesn't mean great things because EPL is disruption and an EPL mm. fan has just been flicking on Channel 5 or something and been able to watch the EPL. Yeah. Now they've got to make sure that they're a subscriber to this and a doer of that. So uh, SBS is only going to have certain yeah. games. Can I watch it on my big screen well, TV? Mate. Oh, my team's not on that on SBS this week. Mate, Jesus. I'll, I'll give you the red hot tip. If Foxtel never had live rugby league, I would not be a subscriber. I'll give you the red so hot if, tip. If, no, no like I'm genuinely, yeah. I don't have a job anymore. So I've rung Foxtel. <laughs> well, you do, really. I've rung Foxtel yeah, yeah. and I've cancelled most of our package. We were paying 160 
I've I've knocked it back sixty. Yeah, I've I've knocked it back. Two boxes HD. Yeah, yeah. Two boxes and HD and and all two two HD boxes, all that kind of stuff, right? So what are you down to? Just one box. One box in my man cave. You got rid of got rid of only basic, only sport and and HD. So it's sixty dollars a month now. Sport, basic and HD and HD. And the only include A and E. No, you don't have A and E. That's on Fetch now, anyway. Is it? Is it on Fetch channel? I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's, got, most of those most of those programs are on Seven Mate, and yes, I've got Fetch. So, so I'm now down to sixty dollars a month, and the only and I genuinely mean this, the only reason I'm paying sixty dollars a month is Formula One, because it's yeah. the only way I can watch Formula One. If because so, so, Channel Ten used to broadcast Formula One, did they? Yeah, Does Channel they, Ten still do it? No, they they, they do delayed game. They no, do it all delayed, delayed and stuff yeah, because can't. they they couldn't make enough money. You've off got to watch it live, mate. I have to see live everything live. Exactly That's right. right. Exactly. Right. So what is it? This is going to be massive disruption over the years ahead because yeah. and I think actually Formula One will probably be at the forefront of it. I've said yeah, before, I would bit, pay hey, that's bigger than the NRL and and, and, and AFL and all I that. I would pay two hundred dollars as an in-app purchase tomorrow if I could just get it all on my phone. And I'd yeah. cancel Foxtel. Right. Is that right? Yep. And so imagine this, the, the, the sports, sports companies going direct yeah. to consumer. Yeah. It's a huge disruption in the market Absolutely. ahead. Well, it's a really so, interesting so time. Now, now you're not going to see, you know, like the Foxtels of the world, you know, hogging all the, all the, the parts to themselves now. Mm. The Optus stepping in with the EPL, that's really sort of put the cat amongst the pigeons now. So other, I think other operators, as you said, are iron off all these other opportunities that are coming up down the track. Two blokes talking digital sports rights. You never thought you'd get there, but uh, it is the future of technology. It's the future of, uh, of broadcast, and it's a very interesting time. Uh, you can find more details about the Twitter thing at uh, eftm.com.au. You can follow us both on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and my name is at Trevor Long. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Telstra had their second free data day. Uh, on April 3 that you rightly pointed out a few weeks ago was a 25-hour day because of the end of daylight savings. And it was it was sort of great in on one hand, but not so good in another. The great part is that they set records, as you'd expect. They, well, there was 2,686 terabytes of data, which has almost doubled what they did on Feb 14. Uh, and... The, that's the equivalent, by the way, of 3.4 million HD movies, which is, isn't bad. But which is just three, it's just one million short of the number of times you've watched Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> my, oh, my phone's ringing. Oh, thanks, thanks very much for, for <laughs> silencing your phone there. Shout out to Sam from Alcatel too. Yeah, just, he, he, just be careful. I thought you were going to answer it there and make him three by, the third bloke talking tip no, for the first no, time. I'll ring Sam back. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? Yeah, Telstra and how, well, the day uh, people were going nuts. Professionalism and, at its height here the 250th episode. <laughs> and, and I actually thought, I on the morning of the free data day, which was April 3, it was a Sunday, I actually wrote a story on Tech Guide on how you can take advantage of it. How do you can just go nuts? Like yeah. tether your phone to your computer and do your updates and just go nuts. And a lot of people did that. A lot of people went hell for leather. They terabytes of data they used. But a lot of people were complaining that the the network that in some areas there were throttlebacks to handle the congestion, and other people their phone was useless if to use data on that particular day. So, so. Uh, Hi, Mum. <laughs> Mate, is there a drama? I mean, no, I hope not. Any chance you're putting your phone on silent, Stephen? <laughs> I thought I had. But, anyway. but here's the thing. So I sat and you, you, unfortunately, for reasons that we won't go into, couldn't make it. But you couldn't make it to the Telstra briefing, yep. and a couple of senior Telstra executives sat there and had great smiles on their face because their free data day was a massive success. Now this is um, this is really interesting because they saw the Sunday as a massive success, while on on social media there was huge reports of it being a disaster. So, what is a success to them, and what is a disaster to their, their friends and family, uh, the the users, the customers? The success to Telstra is the network stayed on, the network worked. No one was unable to access the network. No one was kicked off the network on the free data day. on the free data yeah. day, and it were able to handle it. Whereas to customers. It wasn't about the free data. It was about the speed being throttled. So, yeah. and, and to be clear, it wasn't throttled. What it does, it was measured across. So they were able to, basically, if in one cell tower there was 100 people using it, they made sure that everyone got the same consistent service. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, yeah. they didn't stop someone from getting 100 meg speeds. If there was only one person wanting it, yeah. only one person well, got it. You could still make your calls. You can still receive your messages. Yep. So that, that, those basic services were still available. I, I, I kind of like the fact that they got up there and said, right, 
this is what happened. They explained how each of the outages occurred yeah. and then went into the fact that, look, we're trying to learn from this. We're talking to our, our partners, our network partners and the Ericsson's and all these companies. And it, it, I think to a customer, that would be reassuring to say, well, at least, look, they're, 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 they've taken this seriously. Uh, they're doing their best for this not to happen again. And look, it's, it's not like they wanted this to happen on purpose. These things happened if there were people inconvenienced, sure, people complained. They, they, it seems to me that they've listened to these complaints. They've put on this other free data day, and hopefully for them it'll be the last free data day they'll ever have to do. Yeah, look, I think their, their mentality is a little bit shifted, though. I think they, they have a problem they need to address internally, which is it's all fine because it worked. Yeah. But in reality, mate, people are still whinging about speed. I mean, I've got to be honest. Yeah, any given day they do that. Any, every but, day, you go on Twitter and type in anything, any kind of hashtag suggesting that and you'll find people I complaining. Get that. But And this may be too personal, but my internet's been crap at home. And you're a Telstra customer. And I'm a Telstra broadband. Telstra I've, mate, cable customer. Telstra, my 100 meg cable yep. has been 100 meg for years. But just in the last month, terrible. So at night, so it goes down to 5 meg. 5 slow. meg. How about your upload speeds? Though? Same. Scrappy 2 or 1.5. And, and you used to bag, you used to pay out on my Optus <laughs> cable now, eh? Now, how do you like them apples? But here's, I'm, I am worried for Telstra that they actually have a bigger problem. And, they're, and they, they know about Are it, they there's no doubt. Are they too big for their own boots, mate? Are they getting too Have big? they planned for their capacity? Are yeah. they doing... Is their network configured correctly? Mm. Very, very clearly, and they don't say these things, but very, very clearly, their core network, which doesn't mean the routing and the cables, but the way the core network is configured, was not right. It was yeah. broken, and it couldn't cope with the things like the re-registration of customers when they were kicked off the network and had to come back on. Yeah. So they've got massive problems. They are working on them. I get that. But I'm not sure the end is, that, it's, that it's ended for Telstra in terms of woes. The problem for them is, let's be clear, Vodafone was not a, a, a day where the, dark, where the network went down. Oh, it, it was for months. It was consistent. Yeah. No, but it, was, it wasn't even an outage. It was just things mm. are slow, things don't work, yeah. call dropouts. But look at them now. And this is my Look point. at them now. But this is my point, right? So Telstra need to be careful. They don't just have consistent slowness and, mm. and, and perception issues for the next few months or they will just become another Absolutely, Vodafone. Mate. I think I think lesson learned here for Telstra because look, networks like Vodafone, I think the other day they announced they've got of coverage now for 23 million people around the country. Yeah, the sec so, second biggest network so in the country. It's it, there, there's a few of these networks snapping at their heels, and of course you got Optus and Optus. I think today put out a, a, a an offer that if you switch from another network, you get a free month. So and, and has have people churned out of Telstra? Have people gone? Have they left? Think, customers have they, have they saw? The no, that's it. Telstra customers are too loyal. They're like bank customers. They don't change, yeah, right? But, but Telstra customers are still getting charged slightly more. Yep. Than others, and 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 these outages are not access. Get, have, haven't got a network to access. And think about this: <clears throat> Vodafone offers network guarantee. Thirty days, you don't like it, yeah. your, your your contract's void. Yeah. Um, they offer two two months of free data, so you can just give yeah. it a smash and see how it works. But if Telstra did and, that, and they only have a problem twice. If Telstra did that, if Telstra offered a thirty day network guarantee, if you joined on February the first, you would have got out of it. With that, net, with that thirty-day no, no. promise. No, my, my point is, Vodafone is so confident about their network, yeah. they offer that guarantee. Yeah. Optus so confident about their network, they offer that guarantee. Is Telstra offering that guarantee to customers, new customers? Well, I, I think that my, they're not. They my, don't. They don't opinion, offer anything like that. And, and I'm a former customer, as are you, right? A former customer of Telstra. I think net, uh, Telstra's opinion is still they look. We're the best, uh, but we don't need to say it. We're the best. Look at our pricing. You, you get what you pay for. That seems to be my that's my opinion of how Telstra view themselves mm. as we don't need to offer a network guarantee, we're the best. That that's kind of what implied. I know it's implied, but yeah. over the last month they've destroyed that well, implication. Is is it do you think that's their next move then to, to guarantee that to, that think, network? But, I think if they want to guarantee if they wanna if they wanna ensure they, they win any new customers, and maybe they don't need to because maybe they're so big they don't have to worry about it, but if they want to entice Optus or Vodafone or Amacium or Virgin customers to switch to Telstra because they have the best coverage and the widest coverage, yep. they need to be able to say, and don't worry, without, without using these words, don't worry, that shit that went wrong, it'll all be okay, yep. trust us. And they need to put they need to back that with a guarantee. No, you're right. I think customers need some reassurance here. And, and I think they've gone part of the way, the announcement Monday and the, this news that, 
there that look you know we, we do admit there was a fault and we've done this and we're doing this and we're, we're looking at that I think that has given customers some kind of reassurance. You can read about the information regarding how much data was downloaded at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au and a memo to the uh, one user from Rhodes who downloaded a terabyte of data. Uh, if you paid for a single episode of The Simpsons that you downloaded, I'm a monkey's uncle. I mean... <laughs> so he's downloaded the entire series of The every, Simpsons. Every 20, 20, seasons. 24 seasons 24. of Simpsons, 14 seasons of Mythbusters. So what are you implying, Trevor, that he's, uh, he's hit the torrents? I'm implying he's a criminal. <laughs> and he illegally downloaded that content. Right. A terabyte's worth. Wow. Allegedly. And, and he, <laughs> he hogged, hogged a bit of the network and sort of left others missed out as yeah. a result. Yeah. Wow. He's a smart bloke because he knew he was on a 4GX cell, which not a lot of people have 4GX. Apparently, though, his, uh, his bill, if he had paid that normally, would have been $10,000. Yeah, which is probably what he saves on not buying the episodes. There you go. <laughs> Win-win. <laughs> And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And we are observed here by not only Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, but also an Arlo Q. Arlo Q sits in the corner. It is the uh, the new uh, plug-in version of the Arlo Smart Home Security Cameras. It has high-definition, full high-definition video, night vision, but also two-way audio. So when you detect motion in an area or in the room, you can actually open the app and talk to the person who's in the room. They can hear you. You can hear them. It's a fantastic solution as well as continuous recording. So if you've got a small business, you could put this guy in the shop above the uh, above the till, for example, continuously recording, and you can scrub back through seven days worth of continuous recording as an option uh, with the Netgear Arlo Q. Check it out now at netgear.com.au. Well, this one felt like it could have been an April Fool's, but it wasn't. Um, uh, IKEA have launched a virtual reality app for the HTC Vive. Now, HTC Vive is a very expensive virtual reality headset that runs on a high-end, powerful gaming computer that with if you download and use the, stream, the Steam uh, gaming service, you can actually now download this IKEA Kitchen app. And as someone who spent about bloody 10 grand on an IKEA Kitchen, I can tell you this is awesome. Yeah. Because my wife designed the kitchen on the so IKEA your website. Kitchen, your new place is IKEA. Even the sink. There you go. Wow. The the bloody dishwasher, the oven, everything, but Would the you fridge. Change anything as a result of this trip? Yes. So, you know, we've got a big island in the middle of our kitchen, yeah. which we designed it particularly because we wanted to have that area for kind of food prep and whatnot. Yeah. But and we knew it was narrow. We knew it wasn't it wasn't ideal, but it was we wanted that big thing. So here's the thing about this: you do the design, and right now you print it out on paper. You look at it, do that kind of thing, all the different angles. Yeah. This has a couple of cool features. Firstly, you can click and change the colors, but it also has like a kneel down option. So you kneel down and you can look at it as a child. Oh, now I have oh, three children smart. Smart. And, and all the two little ones have bung their head on the corner of the island that we have coming out as a ledge so that you can kind of sit at it. Yeah. Um, until we put stools there, because we didn't originally have stools there. That was a helmet to wear <laughs> in the house. <laughs> <laughs> or a HC Vive. They could have just run that That's into the right. thing. Yeah, they would but have seen it. Little, yeah. little things like that to be able to look around and actually move around the kitchen, play around with the color codes. Cool. It's a, actually, I hadn't. I don't think I've ever thought of it before as an application for VR. Yeah. It's very bloody cool. I, I agree. I think um, that the being able to sort of virtually walk through a room that you've created rather than sort of trying to imagine it on, on paper, this is just a great example of one of the many uses we're going to be hearing about yeah. VR. And the fact that a company like IKEA is on board, one of the biggest home furnishing companies in the world, I can just imagine how much further this is going to go. Like imagine imagine uh, you, you want to maybe picture a piece of furniture in your home. You might be able to virtually see that in your home. The, 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 the possibilities, I think, are endless there. And, and what I like about this too is that you can not only see and walk around, but you can actually interact with the kitchen too, like open drawers and take out kitchen utensils and put uh, things in the in the, in the waste paper ba- in the waste baskets and stuff like that so it's, it's you can play with the whole thing, thing. Yeah. such a simple idea and it's i mean it's genius in terms of marketing and promo and what they've done is they've it's a, it's not a gimmick it's it's an app you can download and use it's a pilot program so it'll run until august and they're going to continuously update it until august yeah. but i can imagine ikea putting the the vive in the corner of the one of the stores and letting people use it. It's a, it's a great selling feature for their service. I think VR, and in terms of what, what IKEA has done, is they've kind of reinvented the shopping experience. So they've given customers another way to experience that product before they buy it. Like, cause like in your case, 
the thing had to be built for you to appreciate the size and the, the right. color and everything like that. So here, this is built virtually for you. Now, just imagine, and I understand other applications of VR. I'm hearing about real estate agents. So you can, like, if you rather than buying, you can buy something off the plan of a, a apartment complex that's being built, or you can virtually look around that apartment. I, I was at ANZ Stadium um, for a Souths game a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my, my good mate, no, they lost that day. My mate Arthur Stanley, who works out there, good mate of mine. Shout out to Big Art. He had a, a Samsung Gear VR, and he said, "I'll oh, check this out." I said, "What's this?" He goes, "Well, this is the proposed uh, redesign of ANZ Stadium." So it was, you know, how they want to make it a square arena with a roof. And I popped on the headset, and I was sitting in my seat. I could look behind me, see all the people and the, the seats in front of me. I could look down at the field, up at the roof. And it felt like I was there. I'm thinking, wow, this this needs to get built. So there's just a couple of examples of how VR is is reinventing how we imagine things and how we were shopping for things, how we things will look once they're built. I think it's incredible. Yeah, and I look, you can, you, I can see the joining of both the VR and the smartphone here by, let's say, I moved the lounge out of my lounge room and just stood there. And so there was an IKEA app that allowed me to just, you know, like do a 360 panorama photo so just you know take a kind of constant yeah, of photo the of the yeah. room and then you take that to ikea you kind of plug it in or something yeah. and it superimposes that room into a vr experience and then you just pick bloody furniture they're working on that right now that's that that's no that's that, that's what you that that's where the technology's going that, yeah. that's a good idea by the way you should get in touch with ikea if they haven't thought well, of that um i uh <laughs> his surname's kia big listener <laughs> Mr. Kia, love you. I've got, I've got a few of your products here. I, I own about 20% of that company. Yeah. With the amount of crap that my wife has bought from that store. Oh, mate, honestly. Every. So what is it? So your wife likes Kmart and Ikea now? Kmart, Has Ikea. Kmart got a VR app, mate? Or? I don't know. They've got an Instagram, there. mate. If they're not on Instagram, my wife doesn't know is about it. Right? There you go. Yeah, 100%. So your, wife, so your wife, to completely change the subject now, yeah. she makes the purchase decisions Just be based what on you what say she here. says <laughs> on Instagram. What she sees on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if Kmart have sort of put something on a product up there, she's well, like, ooh, no, that's what's interesting. It's not Kmart. Kmart use bloggers and influencers who are just Kmart. There's Kmart Instagram accounts that are not Kmart. It's like Kmart stuff and Kmart finds right. and things, and they they seed this information to them, and they they right, so Instagram it's all lifestyle that. bloggers and stuff like that. Yeah, smart. Is it's, that what you're going to be doing soon too, mate? For oh. Kmart, or are they on the list or what? Because <laughs> I'm big on uh, interiors <laughs> and design yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the HGC Vive and IKEA. You can find that information at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Could you Star Wars mentioned? Yes, well, insert insert Star Wars theme here, Trevor. In the, oh, really? This is some editing instructions, oh, Trevor. Really? Insert Star Wars Can theme on, here. What's that? what's that in the background? What's that? So here, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll leave a little gap, wow, okay? In, insert, insert theme here, and I'll, I'll pause for a little bit. Okay, so that you can easily insert that in the edit. But here, here is... One of the stories of the year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just be clear. iPhone bad. SE, nothing. <laughs> uh, new iPad, nothing. Yeah. Samsung Galaxy S7, nothing. May have overstated slightly. that. I may exaggerate that slightly. But it is still a, still a very, very cool story, though, because... Just a bit of background. Sphero released BB-8, a little toy droid that's in that's in the Force Awakens, and where it was released, I think, in September. Not a toy in this movie. He's a very important, critical character. He's an R2 droid. That's right. He's, he's actually not. He's a BB unit. He's not an R2. You told me he was an R2 droid. You did. Before the movie, that's what you told me he was, because he goes into the plane and the. The X-wing. I said he's like. I said that's like an R2 unit. How he does that. Anyway. So anyway, when, when this was released back in September, so a couple of months before the film came out, it went nuts. It was a very, very popular toy. It was, it was they couldn't make them quicker. Evil, wasn't it? It was, it was crazy, yeah, back in, back in Berlin. Now, the film's now been released uh, on iTunes. It's out on Blu-ray on, in a week. So what Sphero has done quite cleverly is has up, they've updated the app so that now there's a mode where you can actually watch the movie with BB-8. And what happens... The that will undo me. Well, and during the film, so you have the app running, 
you sit Sphero in front of the TV or the iPad, whatever you happen to be watching it on, and it then recognises bits of the film, so it recognises bits of audio, so it recognises different characters, it even recognises itself on the screen, and, and reacts to the various things. Like when it sees Kylo Ren, it sort of shies away, it gets scared, and when it sees Han and Han Solo and Chewbacca for the first time, it's hey, really happy, and it replicates its own noises from the film as well. How's it listening? Through the app, you got to have the app running. Yeah, you got to have the phone running, so it uses the the microphone on your phone. But when when it recognises a character, it actually puts their picture on on the, your phone screen and has a little description. So it's a little interactive way to watch the Force Awakens. Have you watched? We need to, everyone listening needs to know this, Stephen. On the, oh, you know, under oath, have you watched the entire Force Awakens with? Uh, BB-8 droid sitting next to you. No, I've watched about 20 minutes of it. I think that's okay. double what I would. <laughs> no, because I did my story on Tech Guide is got is me photographing it while while it was doing it, and uh, but it, it's just uh, it's a great example though of a tech toy that that can be updated and and kind of really awesome second screen experience. It, it's brilliant, exactly right. And, and, and let's be honest, most Star Wars fans are complete loners and nerds, so yeah. that'd be the most company they've ever had. <laughs> yeah, great one there, Trev. Good one. But uh, look, if you don't own, actually, I said that in my story. I said if you if you don't own a Sphero or have a girlfriend, yeah. <clears throat> most people you can go out and buy one for two forty nine ninety five and be guaranteed a viewing buddy. Because, look, my wife doesn't like to watch Star Wars as often as me. Big, big surprise there. But I know BB-8 will be by my side every time. <laughs> so, and The Force Awakens is now on iTunes. Uh, Shameless HD. plug, now available on digital download. HD. Uh, it's uh, available on Blu-ray in a week, April 13, on Blu-ray and DVD. And Sphero, as I said, shout out to Jeremy Sedley, who is uh, one of the distributors. Two forty nine ninety five Sparrow BB eight. Good on your sheds, but Jesus, what a load! I mean, my Jesus. Anyway, uh, you are listening to two blokes talking to. Now, I've uh, taken one for the team here. I've uh, invested heavily in this next review. Taken one for the team. <clears throat> I, um, you might recall, I went to Bathurst for the twelve hour race uh, with little Harry. I took him up there. That was great. First, his first experience of uh, motorsport. On the way back, I was driving a Suzuki Vitara, a blue Suzuki Vitara press car. Uh, a few weeks later, I got an email from the Suzuki uh, press office saying, uh, unfortunately, you've uh, received a notification in the mail. Uh, so they nominated me as the, uh, as, the, as the driver, and I received a speeding fine in the mail. But here's what's interesting. When I opened the letter, I knew what it was. I knew it was coming. When I opened the letter, there was this bloody pamphlet about managing your penalty online and download our app. And I went, what? So I've downloaded the app. I put in my driver's license detail and all this in the app. And I'd show you here, but I'm actually recording on the phone. You can now check your rego. Um, you can uh, check your own driver's license. You can get your demerit history. But you can also view any fines you've got. What's it called? It's called Service New South Wales. Well, that's an amazing <clears throat> Yeah, well, that's what the, you know, the place is called where you go to get your you know, license and things. So it's a free app, and you've got to go through a process of registering. You've got to put your driver's license and card number, verify who you are. But once you do that, if you've got an outstanding fine, it shows up in the list, and you just click on it and it shows you how much it is. You can obviously pay it there. But here's the thing. With a speed camera fine in the past, if you didn't, if you didn't think it was you, and actually I'm having this conversation with Bowen at the moment, he's, he, he, apparently he's got a saw him today, red light thing. He says, mate, I did not go through the red light. It was, an, it was a green arrow. And I said, mate, get the photos. In fact, get this app. So if you don't believe it was you, I knew I was on that road. I knew I probably gone. had gone yeah. through it. So life goes on. But if you don't know that, you don't have to ride away for the, for the photos. You don't have to go and view the photos at a registry. Because traditionally, that, that would cost a bit of money to get that. Eh? You'd have to, well, you'd pay you to pay, yeah. bucks, or you had to go into a registry and do it. It was a pain in the bum, basically. Now, the, the photos are there on your phone. And, and if you scroll down there on EFTM, I've got the photo. You can actually then keep scrolling down. You can actually see the photos. Oh. There's you. On, yeah, the, the, the three photos that they take. The so what they do... motion blur is incredible. How they, fast are they They take two photos just milliseconds after each other and then they zoom in and crop one of them. I think if you scroll down, I've put the whole photo um, underneath it. And so you can see everything. So I confirm that is me. You've got the EFTM sticker on the side of the car. <laughs> and... Gone. 70 k's an hour. 40, so 4.40 p.m. 70 k's an hour in a 60 k zone, and I'm on the anchors. And you got done for 70 in the 60 zone. Yeah. God, go I'm, catch the real criminals, will you? 
oh, I was clearly doing 80 because I'm on the anchors. Yeah. So I've noticed it at the and last the minute. Lines. Didn't you, didn't you realise there's lines there? As, where they as the Stuart Bogging said to me, he didn't realise the three warning signs. My excuse is I was playing I Spy with Harry or something. Anyway, my, my point is, Put this is actually letter, that might get you an appeal. <clears throat> this is actually a very good service for people who do question the fine yeah. or the speed camera. Or you don't have to ride away. You don't have to wait. You can actually just view the photos in the but, app. But unlike the, what we see in the movies, you can't sort of look in into the and see who's driving the car. You can't see no. your face there. No. So you could have said, "Look, that's not me." Oh, mate, Mercedes over there. I've got his those license plate as well. <laughs> he could be my witness. So, but but yeah. So you only see the car. It's like I suppose if that was oncoming. Yeah, there are some cameras see, in the state that are, that, are, that are front on. Yeah. Right. So you'd be able to see yourself. Yeah. Right. A great little service. I just thought, you know what? Shout out to the New South Wales government. That's actually a really cool. So how app. much did this cost you to? Uh, get- a hundred and twelve dollar review. That not the most wow. expensive review, review I've done. Obviously, that was the Skywalker bloody hoverboard. But a hundred and twelve dollars and one point was the cost of that review. But a very cool app. I, I thought yeah. it was great. What about the one in America? You didn't see? Yes. I don't know what you're talking about, officer. I must have. I must have confused you the one, someone else. The one that I was summoned yeah. to the let's courthouse. Just say, let's just say that one of the blokes had to bail the other bloke out of jail. No, <laughs> no that's a joke. It what? wasn't out of jail. It was uh, out of from a brothel. No, it wasn't. A... <laughs> what happens on tour stays it was Vegas. On what happens tour. in Vegas stays in Vegas. That is correct. Although, right. uh, yeah, just be careful in the desert when you're driving fast on the other side of the road. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. Stephen, what's that on your wrist? You have such a manly wrist. <laughs> well, I saw a photo on Twitter today. This is outrageous. It was actually on Instagram. It was Whatever. On, it was on Instagram where I would, well, it's, yeah, we get we get products to review, okay? And I was at an event the other night. It was a Huawei event launching a new range of fashion smartwatches. Mm-hmm. And Huawei, as you know, have been producing smartwatches for a little while now. And they decided to partner up with Vogue to make these new fashion range of smartwatches. And I've got to say, they're rose gold. They're pretty blingy. There's one with the Swarovski zirconia all around it. There's another one with a, a pattern around the rose gold band there. And they're in my, my bag to take away from the event was a review unit which had the Huawei dual version, which is the, with the Swarovskis, uh, around around the watch face. So I thought, well, you know, this is what happens. What's that worth? $699. And Bad for a smartwatch with, with added yeah. bling. Well, it's a zirconia. They're not real diamonds. They're, they're, added bling, I said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I thought, well, and I did put up that photo on Instagram, just as sort of a bit of a cheeky thing. It was on my big, thick, hairy wrist. Uh, when uh, I said, when Huawei give you a female watch to review, uh, what does it suit me? And I uh, got uh, some funny responses, and including one about uh, complimenting me on the uh, the girth of my wrist. Yeah, thanks, Rob. And how it, the the watch band actually still fits me. It's built for a woman, so it it, it still fits me. It, it was on the second hole, I think, into the band, so there's still even more room to move. But uh, I just think it's a really interesting play from Huawei positioning themselves in the fashion world with uh, Vogue was at the launch as well. They've got these like top photographers and models and they're really going for it in this space because it is that intersection where people look at it and it actually looks, to a female, it looks like a nice watch. It's nice. I've, I showed it to some people and my wife quite liked it and the producer at 2GB, I thought, oh, yeah, this is it today. And they said, wear oh, it. it's good. Uh, yeah, she doesn't mind it. She, 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 I think it's a bit big for her wrist. It is it's like 42 millimetre size. It's pretty big. But uh, look, I think with the, the swappable bands and the different watch faces you can put on as well, there are a special range of watch faces too that suit it. So I think for someone who's looking for like a, a who wants to have a smart watch but still look fashionable at the same time, here is the watch for you. The Huawei watch uh, in co- in collaboration with Vogue is that what they're Vogue, saying? Yeah, that's right. Jewel Vogue, and Vogue, elegant. We've partnered with Vogue for different events where they're just getting it out there in the fashion world. It's going to be released April twenty. It'll be uh, they're going to be have uh, some selected Meyer stores are going to sell it, Harvey Norman and also selected jewelers and Huawei kiosks as well. So six ninety nine, which is pretty good. Well, you you look at the Hermes one that Apple made. Remember they made a Hermes yeah. watch, and I think that's that's. 
quite I don't know the exact price, but I'm pretty sure it's in the in the thousand more yeah. than six ninety nine. So yeah. yeah. Well, just 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 the you know standard uh, Apple Watch and Apple Watch Sport with a metal band is you know sixteen hundred yeah, bucks. So you got to remember this is this is affordable. Bands, Apple have got bands that cost more than this whole watch. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, check it out techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, uh, as we approach our two hundred fiftieth uh, set of reviews. I'm going to chime in on these ones yeah. uh, because we've both been uh, playing with this. The I've been waiting for this product since CES because I was quite excited about the concepts that they that they sold me on this. This is the Nighthawk X8, the R um, R8500 um, router from Net, Netgear. Now, the thing actually, I really love the design of this for a start. It's it's a really nice looking looking design. It's only got four antennas, which sounds silly, but the six was a, just a little bit overbearing for me on a lot of the a lot of the modern routers. But here's the difference on this one. It's got little lights on the end of the antennas, and they're just representative, but they demonstrate a feature called active antennas. And the concept here is that normally an antenna is just a bit of wire, right? And it leads down onto the motherboard, and then there's an amplifier on the end of the wire, which then sends the signal into the motherboard. What they've done is moved the amplifier to the top of the antenna, which sends the signal more cleanly onto the motherboard. That's how it was described to me. Yeah. Now they say so better, better coverage, lose signal strength, yeah. better coverage, better range, yeah. things like no that. Attenuation, to use a scientific term. I I put this thing exactly the same spot as my previous router, which was also a Netgear, but I've, I've put a bunch of other routers in on that the same wall, spot. By the way, on the wall, did and you do that too? I, you wall mounted. In the end, I put it on the wall because yeah. I knew I was going to keep it because well, it I was did. that good. I replaced the X6 with this, and it, and the 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 um, mount holes were exactly the same as the other one so popped off one put on the new now one. we both have two-story homes yeah. you though smartly have your office in the, in the center of the downstairs yeah. part of the home so you've actually got the kind of the perfect placement for wireless signal yeah. i've stupidly got my office in one far corner of the home um and it's all about you isn't it trev Plenty of you. Are you kidding? Yeah. And so this <laughs> Wi-Fi needs to get to the other end of the house and upstairs. So Jackson's room, which is the furthest from me, is actually the worst for Wi-Fi signal. Mate, I put this thing on. Absolutely brilliant signal through the whole house. I'd never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I genuinely had not seen anything like it. I've tried a lot of routers in that spot. And to me, that just goes to show the, the active antennas and the other technology within this thing is working and working well. Well, we should we should sort of the a lot of the sort of features under the hood. You mentioned a couple of them, but the the multiple user, multiple in, multiple out, the ability to lock on to devices in your home using the added to eleven AC. So there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood that allows this to lock onto your devices to intelligently place them on the right band because it's a tri band mm. this this router. And and in in my experience here and my my reviews going up as well on Tech Guide tomorrow, the front. I could still get a signal on the the road outside my house, which is like about 25 meters away from my the router itself, and even at the my back fence, I still had a a, a uh, in range of the of the router as well. And of course, within the home, the signal is now being picked up. Like I've got a separate network upstairs for the kids, but now they can actually have. Um, that they can log log on to the network which I've named Darth Vader, the X8 network. They they can log on to that upstairs, and it's as as quick as the the, the router upstairs, yeah. which is also an 802 Now I published my review, and I had some narc from Whirlpool decide to beat me up over my review because it was positive. I had I had a great experience with the router. You know, it went into a lot of trouble to tell me about sites that have reviewed it and done lab tests. I couldn't give a rat's about lab tests. I'm a real world person. Yeah. I put these things in the same spot. I've put a lot of routers in that spot. I've never had Wi-Fi coverage like it. There's a great app I recommend people use. It's called Telstra Wi-Fi Maximizer. What you do is you draw a picture of your floor plan and you take a photo of it. And then you open up the app and you walk around the floor plan and you, and you, you do Wi-Fi tests throughout. And then it does this uh, heat map of your Wi-Fi signal. What's that, what's that app called? It's called Telstra Wi-Fi Maximizer. It's very, very cool. And I got full green throughout the whole bloody home. That's like, excellent coverage upstairs and down. I've not seen anything like it. The speed feels excellent. Like, it doesn't seem to be losing anything. Yep. Obviously, as you get further away from any router, the speed does slow down, but not uh, not noticeably. Well, I think in the instance, and how often do we get asked this question on the radio and stuff, where people are thinking, oh, I want to, I need a range, do I need a range extender? And, and oftentimes they do. And but, I used to have range extenders. Yeah. Well, now this is this has eliminated the need in, in some cases, in your case is one, where 
the range extender you don't need anymore because this has got a greater range yeah. to to the whole thing. So now let's be clear, that's positive. It's six hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, it ain't cheap. But you get what you pay for. Well, I remember when the Nighthawk first came out; it was like three twenty, three ninety nine or something. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's expensive. Yeah, but you know what? You consider though, consider how much more awareness there is now around your Wi-Fi network. Totally. You know? And consider how much you're spending on your internet. So if you're spending eighty to a hundred dollars on internet, especially if you've got cable or NBN, yeah. then the the stumbling block for your network will be the router. Yeah. Spend the money on the router to get the quality yeah, from your internet connection. What, what I'm talking about too is that like the number of devices, like you know, we've got five, we've got five in the family here. They've all got phones, computers, a couple of tablets. So that's the sheer number of devices. I have thirty three by default, forty five at peak. That's just you though, and, I, and I'm the same. Just me. That is, that's just me, but. How we're using our networks now? We, you know, we're streaming Netflix and we've got 4K happening. Your and family's streaming three lots of Netflix absolutely. at the same time. Absolutely, Prison Break has been never been clearer in my house. But, but I'm just saying that's the reason why people think, well, okay, that's expensive. It means it's good. It means it's it's going to be it's expensive for a reason. And look, we're talking it up because it's actually a good router. So I'm going to spend the money. So then from then on, it's it's a they've taken the worry out of it. It's the, they've got peace of mind now with the purchase. And I'm not saying every home won't need a Wi-Fi range extender, but if you need a Wi-Fi range extender, a new router plus a, a Wi-Fi house. range extender is, is the cost of this router. So great product, the X8 uh, model number R8500 from Netgear. Uh, my review at eftm.com.au and stevens at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. Salacious, salacious <laughs> stuff. Here on Tech Guide. Well, I uh, this is going to be a very quick review. The Tech Twenty One. Now, Tech Twenty One is the. What company. are we reviewing in this photo? This the a, watch. The waterproof case. The, the uh, necklace. There is a picture of the a bracelet. Girl in a bikini getting splashed by the pool, holding her phone. Okay, so there's two amazing pieces yeah. of jewelry on. Absolutely. <laughs> that bracelet and that watch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Terrific. But she's holding the case, which is right there. A lot of people. Oh wondered, right. A lot of people wondered why they were. Yeah, it was a little bit, you know. Anyway. But the whole point of this story is the fact that Tech 21, a company usually known for making uh, impact protection cases. Remember, they used to have the D30 material inside it. They're kind of silicon. Yeah, a little bit like that. That's right. So she's got the D30 happening, you reckon? (laughs) That's not bad for you. And the the case, though, the new case that they've released is the Evo Explorer. And this is a case that's not just shockproof. It is also waterproof. So they I'm use, shockproof. They use their flex-proof material, and they've, they've made it. The beauty of this material is the fact that it's thinner, the flex-shock material, it's thinner and lighter than other similar cases. So you're not putting, you know, on those, some of those other waterproof cases, it's like there's a, like a separate box around your phone that's massive. This not is not so like oh, there's a picture of me holding it in my hand. It's actually not too thick. At Big all. hands. It doesn't. It doesn't have add too much bulk to the foam. But anyway, it, it is. It's, it's. It doesn't add bulk. It's. It's. It's got a very simple. Um, uh, what do they call that? Um, crap. The little white thing going around it. It's like the, the, o, the gasket. The gasket. It's like a little the, gasket. The, the O-ring. The, the, the O-ring. The, the, yeah. It's very. As long as you get that right, oh, the yeah. seal is easy. I dipped. I threw an iPhone in a bucket of water on Triple M using this thing. Yeah. So easy to set up, so easy to use, and a great, great in the hand. Yeah, and the good, what I like about it too is that it's mainly clear, so you can see if you've bought an iPhone, you're not hiding the whole thing. You can see most of it, front and back, and the the screen has got a. Yeah, or if they cover the front up. Well, that's right. Screen protector, and you can also the fingerprint, the Touch ID works through that screen protector as well. And look, how many times have there been these little accidents where you've dropped your phone in the sink or in the toilet, or you've, you've never someone, happened to me? Someone's been, you, someone splashed you by the pool, things like that. So, the Flex, the uh, Tech Twenty One Evo Explorer is one thirty nine ninety five, and if you, uh, if you are at risk of getting your phone wet then why take a chance? It's uh, one thirty nine ninety five is cheaper than repairing a wet phone. Mm. Mm. And if you're not shockproof, don't visit techguide.com.au and have a look at that because you'll be shocked. That's a great picture. No, it's a great pic. It's a great uh, it was taken off their YouTube video. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Great. Techguide.com.au. Well, the alarm's going off outside. I don't know what for. Is that dinner? Is that what's happening? Wow. I can hear it, like okay. a bell ringing or something out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's great. 
<laughs> well, now we have officially done 250 full episodes. Uh, obviously, not counting the the subset of episodes. There's been many more. Um, let's uh, let's look forward to getting to 500 now, mate. 500, yeah, wow. So that'll be in what another five years. Yeah, I can't wait for the celebrations for 300. Geez, we hype up the celebrations, don't we? Well, look, I think we owe it to our listeners. We've got 50 episodes to plan. Let's do something. Let's do something special. Let's get a get a hold of all of our let's friends be honest. and, and you know, companies. Well, that that's three people with. now. What? <laughs> so the, well, let's try something anyway. Can suggestions I just, are welcome. Can I be honest? Can I be honest? We suck at organising, remembering, doing <laughs> yeah, that. So to do everything for us. If people could up. basically yeah, do everything for everything us and just tell us when to be there, we'll do it. I'm there. Yeah. And also happy to do that. Like 250th in lieu of, we'll just we'll just do we'll show up any day. We don't have to wait 50 weeks. If someone wants to organise a shindig, we're there. Yeah. Two blokes will attend. Absolutely. And uh, so we hope we get as many offers as we did last week, <laughs> which was none. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back again uh, soon on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We'd be in breach of some sort of contract if we... Imagine we broadcast the whole the first half yeah. an hour. In the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be a good story. Lucasfilm getting in touch with you. Mm. Yeah. That happened to me That happened to me once before, you know, with, with Lucasfilm. Now, I, I, I had the scoop in 2007, I think it was, that they were making another film. Mm. Like they'd already made the prequels and they had a big 30th, 30 year celebration in 2007. And I wrote that there were the guy head of the Star Wars uh, fan fan club in Australia was in the, the US for the thing. And he said, the big rumour is that they're going to announce a, another film, a seventh film. And I went, mate, good enough for me. Wrote the story for news.com.au and the telly and all that. And it was, at the end of the year, that story was in the top 10 most read stories on news.com.au. Anyway, I wrote the story, was in the paper and everything, Get a, got a call the next day from a bloke from Lucasfilm. And I'm thinking, wow, there's been a disturbance in the force, you know, like they, they, they rang me. And then the guy says, oh, hey, Steve, just letting you know there's not going to be another movie. And I said, oh, okay, good. So that was another story that I wrote, the fact that Lucasfilm denied it. So... Yeah.